0: Welcome to the Mammoth Games, Inc. podcast. Today, I'm your host, Austin. Uh, not with me today, uh, Night Swarm or Johnny Riot. Both of them are out sick or otherwise occupied. But I do have somebody with me today. Howdy. So, me and Major Potty. We need to come up with like a, a like a squad name for every possible combination of the four of us. So we can, yeah, I like, can see that. That would be... I've been using like... When all of us are on an episode, I've been saying the four horsemen are all here. <laughs> so, we need to come up with all uh, possible combinations of that, I guess.
1: Yeah, they could become their own individual hashtags. Yeah.
0: I think I'm pestilence, probably. Pestilence. Yeah. All right, I, mean, so I could be famine with how much food I fucking eat. That's funny. <laughs> you guys are all in a famine now because of me. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, it's yeah, not stress a- eating. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Um, you know, January, we kind of talked about this in our episodes last week, um one of which we're still kind of working on tweaking some audio settings. But um, you know, beginning of the year is usually pretty quiet. A lot of a lot of uh, game companies take like uh, you know, the last couple weeks of December and the first couple weeks of January off. So it is kind of funny looking, you know, trying to look for the news and you you scroll like I don't know, once or twice and you're already in stuff from like December 15th. That's um, just a slower um, period for video game news in this time frame. Right. Right. News and releases as we mentioned in our uh, monthly uh, last week. Yeah, but great we, opportunity to work on that back catalog. Yeah. We did get one news story. The first one here is something that I had really been excited for to hear more about. And we finally did. Although I would have preferred a little more info and we'll talk about that. Um... Yeah, uh, Sony went ahead and said, you know what, we are making PlayStation VR 2. A new type of controller, which is a lot more similar to the other VR stuff that I'm sure people are used to. Uh, The VR 2 Sense controller. So they're moving away from the old Move controllers.
1: That'll be nice, and then that way is something specifically tailored for VR rather
0: than trying to make some
1: old previously released tech.
0: That's always hard. So... Uh, yeah, so they released... I mean, obviously a lot of this is just marketing hype or whatever, but um, did they confirm if old PlayStation VR titles will work on this? I don't think they mentioned anything about it, did they?
1: I don't think they did, but I I mean, just based off of nothing I would imagine that they would want to be able to include the old uh PlayStation VR titles. Especially since yeah. with the They've PlayStation 5... Yeah, well with the PlayStation 5, um pretty much almost every ps4 title already works for on the ps5 so there wasn't a
0: too many things that got cut in the backwards compatibility issues and again talking about the you know the move controllers they were not super sophisticated it was it was light tracking right it was like wii level technology
1: exactly yeah Um,
0: they were just tracking the the light balls that were at the end of them and many of the vr games you could just play with a regular you know playstation controller so, exactly. I would assume that the majority of those are probably going to work on the VR 2. I am going to look into that, because I actually I have a PSVR 1, I guess. And uh, I got, actually got quite a few games for that. Most of them are free, of course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess uh, I'm interested to see more. Like we said, they, they released a lot of specs and stuff, but they did not release an image right. of the controller or of the headset, which is kind of weird. And the headset kind of has some cool functions, too. Remind me, didn't,
1: like, the specs, um, like, the design pages for the new controllers get leaked out, like, a few months ago?
0: Yeah, so, yeah, the controllers look like kind of typical Oculus Quest controllers or whatever. Like, all the rest of the VR controllers. The little hoop, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to that way it's able to figure out, like, gyro, you know, direction stuff. Um, You know, it's got the kind of, like, a half of a controller base it's you know kind of like a tube base like they split dual sense controller
1: in half and then put, put the VR. Yeah. yeah
0: so yeah so for uh so for visual fidelity um psvr2 has 4k hdr 110 degree field of view foveated rendering what does that mean not a clue but that the I, oled I, displays will make things split, very nice uh, i don't know yeah, yeah oled display uh, you can expect a display resolution of 2000 by 2040 per eye and frame rates between 90 and, you know, either 90 or 120. Uh, that would so be nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, headset based controller tracking. This was interesting. As inside out tracking, it tracks you and your controller through integrated cameras embedded in the headset. So it's like the, the Quest 2, right? Where it right. renders you don't your need the, environment a little bit.
1: Yeah, you don't need the lighthouses like the. Um
0: the the HTC Vive right. and I think there's right. another one I'm trying to think of so your movements the direction you look are reflected in game with no need for an external camera so that's a big thing the, the PlayStation camera is basically toast after this right <laughs> right which
1: brings into like question like what was the the PS5 camera really in, uh intended for
0: I don't generally like like I cover all of my uh, webcams and stuff just out of precaution also I do be yeah. doing weird shit in front of my camera so <laughs> stuff. If you're being normal, then you're probably not as worried. Just the um, uh, folded over post-it notes. Yeah, so there's some additional weird sensory features that they're talking about that I don't really think we've heard before, and it kind of raises some questions like, this could be really interesting stuff. And one of them they actually expand on. So, uh, their new sensory features they talk about. Sense technology combines eye-tracking, headset feedback, 3D audio, and the new innovative controller, innovative... I guess you can say that. Uh, to create an incredibly deep feeling of immersion, headset feedback is a new sensory feature that amplifies the sensations of in-game actions from the player. It has a single built-in motor with vibrations to add an intelligent tactile element. You have We have dual shock on your head, bro. Essentially. Uh, bringing players closer to gameplay experience. For example, gamers can feel a character's elevated pulse during tense moments. I hate that. The rush of uh, objects probably, passing like, close to the character's head. I hate that. <laughs> the God. thrust of a vehicle. I like that. Additionally, the PS5's Tempest 3D audio tech makes sounds in the player's surroundings come alive, adding to this new level of immersion. And then they actually went ahead and broke down eye tracking even deeper. So that is kind of interesting. The inside of the VR helmet is detecting where you're looking. So this mm. is, a lot of people are going to be caught in 4K on this, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, eye tracking PSVR 2 detects the motion of your eyes. A simple look in a specific direction can create an additional input for the game character. This allows All right. players to interact more intuitively in new and lifelike ways, allowing for a heightened emotional response and enhanced expression that provide a new level of realism in gaming. Everybody's so going like to be looking at it. Say things, you're right? like
1: in a, in like a <laughs> cinematic or dialogue type situation, and like one of the people on the side makes some side comment, and you just kind of
0: give them a the side eye and... They'll recognize that you looked at them. <laughs> yeah, so that, I think the interesting stuff here could be, like, doing dialogue option selection with your eyes or something. Like, that, would you, could, be cool. you could make little selections just by looking and focusing on an object, right? And the game could right. tell. It could have, like, a little, you know, a little circle fill up that's like, hey, you're selecting this right now. Is this what you're looking at? Yes, okay, here it is. So that could be cool. But then, yeah, it definitely does raise some questions like, I don't know, like, I, I imagine this is not going to be used in, like, 95% of projects, right? More than likely,
1: but, I mean, I mean People were knows? saying uh,
0: it could make your pupils line up on your character in VR chat. I'm like, <laughs> there's nothing I would rather not see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're continuing on uh, their little press release here all the advancements combined with the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers. So they did include uh, a lot of the controller upgrades in the you know the most recent ps5 controllers into right. these uh sense controllers which is pretty cool um so you know you have the multiple clicking on the triggers and everything that's really haptic th- that's going to be really interesting yeah yeah the haptic feedback the the, the the playstation controller on the ps5 is amazing i mean yeah it is they really i mean just really playing cool astros uh, yeah yeah but that is again like i said with the eye tracking like like Four percent of games make use of the adapt- like the, the super powerful controller. But mm-hmm. the games that do it are really good. Right. Um, so you know, they announced that generally, like I said, they didn't really show it off too much. However, they did show off, okay, we've come up with a game that's gonna be a, a system seller, right? Um, Call of the Mountain, uh, which is a Horizon, you know, zero dawn, zero escape nonary, whatever game. From <laughs> Gorilla and Fire Sprite. Um, so it's specifically for PSVR 2, and will open the doors for player to go players to go deeper into the world of Horizon. So that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. a game where the world is really the thing that, that does it for you, I think.
1: I actually just started replaying uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna the that, story so. for that. Um, I, I haven't played that in, like... I've only played it once, but I absolutely loved it. But it's been, like, so,
0: years. And... I never played all the way through it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, like, I... I I always get to where the game really opens up, and you run into like the multiple different tribes and stuff. That's right. where it loses me because I'm like, "Oh, this is just bigger than I want it to be."
1: Yeah, no, it is a massive world, especially if you're playing the complete edition where you have the frozen wilds up in the northern region.
0: Right. It's it's a lot bigger than I was hoping, and I, I like I like a much more constrained game. Like again, right. one of my probably my biggest you know my my biggest surprise and one of my favorite games this year was um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is very it's like a very old fashioned style game, I think. And by old fashioned right. I mean like, you know, three sixty or whatever. Yeah. Where it's you know, doesn't have to be an open world, doesn't have to have it's not bragging that it's like a nine hundred hour game or whatever. It felt um, it felt
1: like a very much a spiritual successor to the original Mass Effect games.
0: Yeah. yeah That's yeah. what it was, I was it from- was it was Mass Effect like. Yeah, for sure.
1: Especially with the... In between each mission, you're back on the Milano and you're interacting with each of your crewmates and stuff like that. It's like,
0: man, the shit on the ground was crazy, right? Right. And, yeah, Yeah. you're finding items that you can give them as gifts that they will comment on and stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of gifts that you comment on, uh, Pokimane has been banned on Twitch after streaming Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, it's not... There's not an official statement that says hey you shouldn't have streamed this it was probably a dmca strike right more than likely um, um yeah Yeah. so you know this we're looking at a polygon article um basically talks about like okay she has 8.5 million followers um she got banned right after streaming avatar the last airbender um I, apparently she did not get an official statement um as of to why she was banned, but, you know, there was, like, 25,000 peak concurrent viewers during the stream, so it's, like, eh, you know.
1: Maybe there's a little bit death. to
0: Paramount Plus's uh, streaming. Right. Um, other, you know, the, it kind of talks about how there's kind of, like, a, there's a little bit of abandonment going on on Twitch. Um, and then, you know, it's it's, like, well, it's kind of hard to say, like, if you're commenting on something as you're streaming it, then you sort of have the right to do that. I mean, that's that's fair use, um, oh, right? It's commentary, uh, and then it kind of talks about how uh, because it falls into like the thing of like news and entertainment
1: news of media outlets being able to use, you know, well,
0: it's free advertising. Like, I mean, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Like they they kind of talk about there's this like a lot of streamers are doing this. It's called TV meta. Um in December, uh XQC and Hassan have been streaming uh MasterChef. Um so it's like, you know, this it is kind of a something that's going on. It's kind of interesting.
1: Well, it's something that uh, kinda gave Twitch a bit of a boost in uh viewership was when they started streaming uh Joy Painting with Bob Ross.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So It's kind of weird. And then, of course, you have the typical... We talk about this a lot. Where, like, you have the typical thing where all of these, like, weirdos are, like... uh, Well, good Pokimane is, like, the curse. She's, like, the bane of Twitch and shit. And she's, like... She's the biggest Twitch streamer. She does it just by being hot or whatever the fuck. And it's, like... Bro, we saw the the leak. (laughs) You know? She's the highest rated... She was the highest uh, paid woman. And she was, like, 86th on the list or something. (laughs) Um... So, you know, it's, it's fine. She's streaming Avatar, and she should. And, in fact, I'm going to stream Avatar in solidarity. And I've just been banned. <laughs> so, and it could be, yeah, I, I know that um, The Last Airbender has recently, like, there's been a shuffle to Paramount Plus that was taken away from, what was it, on Netflix? Or, it was on Netflix. Yeah, um, so there was, like, it, it might be that they're trying to hold the copyright, like, aggressively well, right now.
1: Was it removed from Netflix yet, or is it still available on there? I'm going to take a quick look
0: here. It's interesting
1: because I mean, I that was a show I completely missed out on that in uh, Legend fuck? of Korra, and I didn't watch that until I think Legend of Korra last is not as good. year or
0: yeah, yeah. Avatar is amazing though. I, no, honestly, it's still, best on, best Netflix. It's still both, on Netflix. It's still on Netflix.
1: Yeah, both Avatar: Last Airbender, Air, Air, wow, well, Airbender, and Legend of Korra are still available on Netflix because I got them in my list.
0: Wow. So, yeah, maybe they're getting ready to move it over to Paramount Plus. Because I know it yeah. is Viacom CBS that owns it for sure.
1: Right. And also, I believe that they're going to be working on a new animated series for um, that, that is going to be exclusive to that um, okay. streaming platform. Yeah. Granted, I think there's also a live action version of that's supposed to be uh, Netflix. So, maybe there's, like, yep. joint ownership or partnership with that. Well,
0: you know, that's that's one of those things where, like, um, I'd be willing to bet that Viacom C B S probably owns, like, 4% of Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> so, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, they'll make money on it either way. Right. Um, it, it, it's probably, like, the same like kind that. of deal of what is going on there with,
1: like, say, Netflix and a bunch of uh, DreamWorks stuff. Yeah. Because... Well, granted, does Universal have anything as far as the streams? I mean, they probably will eventually at some point because I, everyone is. Yeah. But sure I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they have anything. So I think they just partner with Netflix, and that's where a lot of their DreamWorks uh, animated series go. Like, there's an ongoing uh, Jurassic World series that they do, mm-hmm. and I think they've done a few other stuff too.
0: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I know. Like, we'll we'll kind of talk about some stuff later on. It's kind of in a similar vein, too, but, yeah, like, Hulu is owned by Disney. <laughs> right. So like, Disney is, well, like, a 46% owner or something.
1: No, they um, they became, like, I believe when they acquired Fox, they became, oh, like, yeah, the that's majority right. shareholder, yeah, so it's, like, now right. 60% or something. Because
0: ABC, it was ABC and Fox basically teamed up to make Hulu, or, or right. you know, the latest uh, version of Hulu, pretty much. And then, yeah, when they acquired Fox, it, Disney already owned ABC, so they pretty much owned the whole thing. So it is kind of like okay, taking shit away from Hulu to go put it on Disney Plus is like incestuous, sort of, and it's just strictly a branding thing. Like, <laughs> like
1: I don't know if they have gone that route, but it, I mean, yeah, um, this is so
0: weird. Like, oh, so many of these series are just companies just juggling money around. Like,
1: well, at this point, like granted i know hulu tends to have a lot more mature content on there and maybe that's why they haven't just folded hulu into disney plus like completely they wanted to try to maintain some. that's like the the fox
0: repository of stuff that like they don't want the alien mega queen to be a disney princess right
1: yep there's that there's um handmaid's tale on hulu yeah um trying to think like some of the other Hulu's, like one of the Like I have access to it, it's through my brother, but it's like one of the least ones I watch because the subscription that we have includes commercials, and I think like I've just been broken of being able to endure anything that has commercials breaking up the content.
0: Yep. All right, so um, speaking of incestuous relationships, uh, Amazon's (laughs) so Amazon's basically released confirmation that yes, we are still working on the Fallout TV series. Um I speaking of you know, stuff I have access to and just don't look at, I never look at Amazon Prime. Yep, that would I be in the that is one. literally our least used one. We we do Hulu much more often than that. I um, think
1: I use Amazon more, and that's just because of like uh um
0: Invincible series and the boys Yeah, I want to see Invincibles. And... We watched the boys, yeah, that's a good one. We uh, started watching uh, The Americans, which was alright. I wanted to watch Man in Hightower, but it's a little heavy. <laughs> I've been wanting to watch The Expanse, which I think is on Amazon yep. Prime. Yep, Amazon's, Amazon kept it going. Yeah, uh, I heard... They n-
1: rescued I've, it. I've heard nothing about... Wheel of Time. I've been watching Wheel of Time yep.
0: on there. I haven't uh, started that, but I want to. Yeah. It's good. So, yeah. Um, so, Amazon's... Like, like okay, Look, That was the other one. That was History Channel, bro. Come on.
1: Yeah, but it's now available on Amazon Prime. Yeah, like, the entire series. I own them uh, all on Blu-ray.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, Amazon basically, I mean, a lot of companies have been doing this in this time frame. So did we actually add the story from Bioware? Yeah, we did. So a lot of companies are kind of using this quiet time to just say, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're still working on that thing that you guys wanted to see. It's, you know, it's a little, it's going slow, but we're still working on it. Right. so even like in this uh, Game Informer article you know the the first line is I'm not going to lie when they announced that they were making a 2000 in 2020 that they were making a Fallout TV series I immediately wrote it off <laughs> I assumed it would be a TV project that would stumble through development until it's quietly canceled only for the world to ask years later hey what happened to that Fallout show uh, <laughs> but Amazon Studios did release a little you know please stand by TV tester um, they announced uh where is it at? They were talking about, um, ah, that's right. Jonathan Nolan, Chris Nolan's brother is going to be, um, the director. He's also worked on Westworld. And in fact, he worked with his brother, Christopher Nolan on several movies. He was usually like a cinematographer or something. So uh, co-writer on a lot of stuff. So, so that's he's pretty gonna, good news there. Yeah. He's going to uh, direct the premiere of the series. He's also the, um, yeah, he's the creator and executive producer of the HBO Westworld series. So, this is Honestly, somebody that, knows that his makes shit. like he's a not... really good pairing. Well, he is I mean... for sure just like a nepotistic. Uh, you know, he would not have been discovered if Chris Nolan hadn't taken off. But he is actually kind of good at his shit too. So, right. Um, well, I remember that when
1: Westworld came out, like I believe it, it was him that said that a lot of the inspiration for the look and feel of Westworld was inspired from Red Dead Redemption yeah. and Skyrim. You can definitely sense that. Yeah. So for um, him to do a Fallout movie, I, honestly, feels like it makes sense to me.
0: Yeah. Or not so, movie series. My apologies. Let me see if... I'm going to really quickly scan if Deadline had anything else interesting to say. Not really. But uh, there is that YouTube series that's a Fallout live-action uh, TV show, basically. I would check that out. Folks? Alright, other than that um, so something is continuing, that's good news something else has been cancelled and that's good news uh, Oh yeah the cancellation, if you're into uh, good health Yeah, you will be absolutely I'm sure stunned, shocked confused, uh, shitting and farting and throwing up to hear that E3 2022 has, in person has been cancelled <laughs> E3's done dude, it's never happening again well, I think uh, with, we all saw this coming from a mile yeah, away and I can't believe with, they waited so long to announce it
1: Right. And I think just with how the last couple of years have gone and how pretty much most of the people have gone to all digital, you know, streaming, anyways, they're just reading the tea leaves on this one. And I think between that and the most recent uh, surge in uh, cases, thanks to the uh, Omicron variant, that this just made sense for them to do. Because it's not just this, but like, I believe was it the Grammys got delayed and Sundance announced they also were going to go all
0: online as well. Isn't so it's Sundance is just... like the easiest thing to position on oh, right. the internet cuz you just stream a movie. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um what's really interesting this time. So it kind of talks about actually this this year's cancellation came a little earlier than those in 2020 and 2021. Okay. Uh, 2020 was cancelled in March which is basically right after uh, COVID was declared a pandemic
1: right. um,
0: they said they would not have a virtual version in uh, April of 2020 which is kind of interesting right. And uh, so in 2021 they cancelled in person in February but they announced uh, they immediately announced that they were going to have a virtual event that's what's interesting, this time they did it in January they did not Say anything about a digital event this year. Mm. So there was no. So comments, this basically. is where like
1: Jeff, was it 2021 or was it
0: 2020 where Jeff Keeler well, yeah, started was... the Game of Summer or Summer of Games? I think that was in 2020 because there was no E3 digitally. Got it. So, I don't know. I mean, I really think that E3 is not something that has to happen. All these companies have realized they can do it better on their own. Nintendo realized like what, like six seven years ago. <laughs> Yeah. Where they were like, oh, we we'll just that. do Directs. And they, they actually still had a small presence where they would set up like a Luigi Mansion or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, they, they stopped doing big announcements at E3. Sony has been doing their own thing. Well, Sony um, announced that they pulled out of E3, nine, I believe, or right
1: before. Yeah, it was 19 because yeah. it was right before uh, all of this, um, you know, Hellscape went down. And so a lot of the questions was like, you know, can E3 survive without PlayStation being there? Because EA does
0: its own thing uh, on like the oh, Yeah, that's right. EA, EA had been doing their own thing for a while too.
1: And then I think while Xbox still contributes in, their actual like event, I is think is event. off on its own separate like yep. area in like a different studio that's like nearby the,
0: um, the convention center that they use in LA. Right. Right. Yeah, I remember when, um, I remember uh, Drake went to, I think the EA one, and then he think he was going to try to go to the Microsoft one. I can't remember if he made it. But, yeah, those are separate events. So, it is, like, EA's dead. Um, The whole, like, trade show convention has not really been a thing in the wider industry for, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Like, everybody's just realized, like, Not only is it, like, this is a tech product, why would we not be on the internet? (laughs) Right. But the people who are really going to spend $100 quadrillion on all this shit are not flying out to L.A. to go to some weird convention. Like, these are absolute antisocial freaks like me. (laughs) And they're, you know, just send them a fucking video about it on YouTube and you'll make more... You can make money on ad revenue while you're advertising your shit. Right. Well, (laughs) the other thing about it is, is I think this... E3 traditionally has been,
1: like, a games journalist uh, exclusive. It wasn't until, like, the last couple of years that it was in person. 2016? 2017? Yeah. That they started uh, opening up to the general public.
0: Which apparently was a shit show, by the way.
1: Yeah. They were not ready for, like, all the crowds. And so right. it just made games journalists, it, their job, that much harder. Literally to unsafe to from, in like,
0: some situations, too. Like, yeah. I, I remember there was a ton of, um, like, sexual harassment and stuff going on that... They just had no idea how to deal with, because typically, you know, the staff of Game Informer is not assaulting people, so they had not really dealt with it in the past.
1: Yeah, so, um, and I think it's just that much easier for games journalist outlets to be able to cover E3 from, you know, their own setups as it's live streamed into them, they can live react to it, they're not trying to rush from one physical location to another
0: physical location yep so you know good riddance in my opinion let it die (laughs) Um, I just
1: say let it evolve yeah let it
0: become something different that's not always change isn't always bad you know yeah uh speaking of change that is bad um you're entering the nft slander uh hour so, buckle up, folks! It's time to make fun of a bunch of companies that have no idea what NFTs are, folks. Or they uh, do, and they're just going through with it because they can know. Well, they, they think it's a, a they think it's it. digital money, which yeah. is sort of correct, but uh, crucially non fungible, folks. So, uh, the first one we're going to talk about, Konami, um, Square Enix has also made an announcement, and then we're also going to talk about some smaller developers that are looking at things like this. In celebration of Castlevania's 35th anniversary, Konami will sell its first batch of NFTs, they announced on Thursday. Uh, The Konami Memorial NFT collection. Players can pick up 14 different unique artworks from the Monster Hunting series when the auction goes live. They're using OpenSea for their upcoming auction, which starts at January 12th, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Some of the art for sale is unique, like Dracula's Castle pixel map, I could go download that right now off of chrome other nfts are going up for auction are clips of various castlevania games such as the original and simon's quest some of those nfts focus on the music with background gameplay included others are highlighting others are highlight videos um konami has a full list of the nfts on its auction page this is psychotic uh konami has to be stopped immediately uh give kojima a gun um and give kojima back metal gear solid well that's what the gun's for <laughs> yeah so um as uh some some people have pointed out uh you know metal gear is about to celebrate its 35th anniversary if there are metal gear nfts kajima's there will gonna be. go absolutely ape shit.
1: there will be i mean well what's interesting to think, I think about the, this like, i think the genie's out of the ball as far as mfts yeah. in the game industry goes like it's it's here. It's going to continue, and this is just the it's gonna evolution get of microtransactions,
0: <laughs> and it's going to be kind of disgusting. But her. it's so much worse because a microtransaction, as much as like, okay, you know, I I am also you know I used to be a big expansion pack buyer, um, you know, I like funneling extra money into games that I already know that I like.
1: Right. You know, I'll get the um, deluxe
0: editions if um, I'll buy the Halo cat ears. You know what I'm saying? It, I well, yeah, I'm get, so guilty of that. I'm very guilty. The of difference that. is <laughs> still that when you cat ears. buy Halo Caddiers, you have Halo Caddiers now. I feel like I'm being targeted. I mean, it, at least <laughs> it's a thing, right? Like if I yeah. buy the, uh, you know, the uh, techno raver uh, machine gun skin or whatever. I think there is. I have that. One you can see it out too. <laughs> is that real? Uh, it's supposed to be, like,
1: uh, like some sort of event-exclusive thing. I saw it on Twitter this morning.
0: Hey, man. Uh, you know, all it's good ideas like come from the same place, and green neon I, I tapped it. into that dimension. But, it, like, you have that. Like, I, I'm going to stick with the cat ears, because it's funny. When you have the cat ear armor, you have the cat ear armor. It's ten bucks. Is that overpriced? Yes. Well,
1: Is actually, it it? that included it's some other stuff,
0: but... Yeah. and It includes some other stuff, whatever. But, yeah. like... You actually, you wear it, people see it, other people have it, maybe you immediately have a rivalry or camaraderie with people that have the same thing, I don't know, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's everybody who has a jeep makes this weird hand sign at each other, it's like a gang thing in the highway, I don't get it. Or it's when two people shooting at each other decide to stop and uh, just teabag um,
1: at each other and they're like, "All right, we're done, and they just go off to... That's what cats do in real
0: life. Exactly. So it kind of makes sense. But, you know, it, it, like, you actually have something. <laughs> dude, no and joke. This, with an oh, NFT, on. I mean... Yeah, go ahead. No joke,
1: that actually happened yesterday when I was playing Tactical Slayer. Like, yeah. t- me and another dude, we were shooting at each other, and then he goes behind this window. And so I just crash a, a couple of times, he crashes another couple of times, and we just go our separate
0: ways. It was fucking hilarious. Hey, man. Real recognizes real, you know? Exactly. And, like... I can understand why somebody would be interested in an NFT for an artistic reason. I can understand why you'd be interested in it for a, you know, a uh, technological reason. Like, blockchain is interesting. It it does have real, interesting, fascinating uses, right? Right. And I get that. I'm fine with it. I don't begrudge anybody who's bought an NFT and said, you know what, I have like a weird... Like, I have a friend who... Has a couple of NFTs where like It's like a Gundam sort of It's like procedurally generated Gundams That's mm-hmm. cool I do not have a beef with that The thing that I don't like Is that this company Is going to upload A highlight video That They're going to sell an NFT for And some moron is going to give them like $15,000 for this Who made the highlight video? Who made the art? That appears in the highlight. Who made the art of the game? Who made the soundtrack? Who yeah. made all this shit? Are they getting paid? Probably not. And NFTs, there's already been so many scams. There's so much, like, stolen artwork in NFTs. Where, right. you know, this is already a general problem on the internet. Is that if somebody makes a piece of art, I can download it for free. Right? So, like, exactly. There's it's kind like
1: one of the founding... It's kind of well, like the,
0: the core principle of the internet, almost. Right. And, like, you know... The, the NFT stuff... Again, it's fine. If you get NFTs, I don't begrudge that of you. It's fine. You can do whatever you want with your money. I buy stupid shit. I buy DVDs. What fucking God's purpose could that ever have? Like, I have all of these things on fucking Netflix anyways that I also pay monthly for. I don't think it's intelligent. You know, I don't go and evangelize the people. You need to buy as many Blu-rays as you can because all electricity is going to go away one day and you, this is all you're going to have left. Well, guess what? I can't fucking play it without electricity. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I don't think it's intelligent. I don't think it's like some genius marketing strategy. Like, I just like to do it. There's no meaningful reason. I just like to have it on my shelf and I can look at it. And what's really funny is, you know, I have like hundreds of DVDs and I'll like look at one and be like, oh, remember when I watched this? It's was so interesting. It's asking like a cool question about human experience or whatever. I'm never going to watch it again there's no known reason scientists have been s- studying for years why I do this and nobody knows <laughs> you know what I mean it's not intelligent it's I, I, it's a magpie behavior right and I understand yeah. that. I have a lot of my family is like hoarders and collectors and stuff I have oh, a, yeah. it it's just um, genetic I can't control it <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I'm in the same way. Like I have to actively fight myself a lot on yeah. a lot. I have two totes full of Star Wars Black Series figures that I got into a few years back. That is now
0: just two totes of regret because like that was just money that I. So don't people.
1: Know. So this I is, think
0: like yeah. so my buddy that bought the NFTs he likes it because of the art. He is a digital artist. Um, you know there he's like a technological. He studied computer science and and stuff like that. So like. His, the reason that he gets it is understandable right and he does not have a hundred posts evangelizing of how NFTs are his retirement plan and shit right? Like, right and that is a big component of this is people that really don't understand what blockchain is don't understand what NFTs are and they think that they're making a um, like a stock purchase basically they're gambling right they think that they're going to be able to flip this and make a shitload of money this maybe is- they are this is like the next evolution of the crypto craze. Right, that
1: right. The ground floor has already come and passed, and now everyone's trying to get
0: in to try to make a quick buck on it. When right, and it's just it comes off as so scammy. It comes off as so shitty. All of these, uh, or okay, not all. I'm being, I'm exaggerating. Many NFT projects have said, "Hey, there's going to be a video game where you." Because of this NFT purchase, you are the sole owner of the uh, zombie, uh, green tinted, hardwired, angry, sleepy ape. You're the custom owner. That's the only one. It's number one thousand six hundred and ninety-two, and you're the only person that owns it. So you have a unique skin that you'll be able to use in this video game that never comes out. Right. Right. So like people have been marketing like that. If that well, were people- real. If anybody people, could demonstrate that there is a game that I have a unique skin in, I would be willing to spend up to $20. Right.
1: And then the other thing that people have been trying to market this stuff is the cross progression that these NFTs will go over to other games, which isn't going to happen because right, that because requires the, developers to create the assets in those correct. games. And The copywriting
0: the, alone on that would, I mean, the legal department would eviscerate you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So that's something that's just not going to happen. Um, not without a, unless Tencent really rapidly acquires every video game company. Then right. it, I guess it could happen, theoretically. or Disney. <laughs> one of the two of them will do it. But if that don't happen, it ain't happening. You know, and it's like right. I just even then, how could a unique penny pincher, uh, anti-Semitic frog Doge have? How could that have a value of a hundred thousand dollars? No, it's it's
1: a lot of artificial inflation. Just
0: it's because people trying just don't to
1: prey on they people don't know that what it is.
0: In the fundamentally, and yeah, it's it's people that are well. If I am willing to pay fifteen thousand dollars, some other idiot will pay sixteen thousand dollars. Right, and you know, generally they're right, but eventually there's a final idiot. Right, and then you discover that it actually has zero value. <laughs>
1: my concern with a lot of this is it's very easily hackable yeah, Um, well how it will get implemented in games going forward I'm looking back at like Ubisoft's model of what they're trying to implement with uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint where the NFTs are only available after you reach I believe it's 500 hours of game time in Ghost Recon Wildlands and then the NFT item isn't necessarily a unique item, it's people who That's get true. this, they'll all look the same, it's just that it'll have an individual serial number right. tied to it that is solely yours. So it's not like you're getting a unique item. So It's the by ownership doing this, of a receipt. You, exactly. So you're, you're doing this to, imp, to prey on people to implement this in a way to artificially inflate the success of a game that probably should have been wrote off as unsuccessful mm-hmm. and learn from that. And not make the same mistakes that you made that led to that reason. Because Breakpoint just came out broken from uh, what I remember of it. And the playership
0: just kind of really died off on that well, game. Well, I mean, that is something then, too to say. that I mean, Ubisoft is good at just sitting and dumping resources into something that appeared to be a failure and bringing it back.
1: That is true. That I mean... But they're thinking
0: what's the easy way to do that? Instead right. of me dedicating a team of a hundred people in, you know, various countries and you know, putting in basically infinite resources to be able to make my money back. Which I, I mean they do. These games are profitable, right? They don't they don't send, spend a hundred quadrillion dollars on a game that completely fucking fails. Like right. Ubisoft is a very successful company, they're good at this. But, but what's the easier way to do that? Ah, sell people like uh, you know you get the promise gun of number twenty one oh three nine five a, yeah.
1: And then on top of that, as these people are trying to make the five hundred hour mark on these things that make find them splo- self like struggling on that, now you have the implementation of microtransaction items to help uh, buff up levels or give you stronger items and stuff like that. So you're you're double dipping into The microtransaction market of not only will these nft items are available after 500 hours here's all these microtransaction items to help you get to that point so that way it's that much less of a grind the so the players are playing this not because they enjoy it not because it's good but because there might be a monetary item that they could
0: then potentially sell off to someone else right so that is kind of almost like digital squatting or like digital um, copyright squatting, right? Right. There's something to that. And then again, you know, we're going to talk about the next story. So we wanted two examples, one that's especially egregious that is happening for real. And then one that is sort of a bad idea that is being pulled back. So that's our next one we're going to talk about. But, you know, again, if you are interested in NFTs for whatever reason, that's fine. If you make money on it, you're smarter than me. You know, there's no other argument to it. Like, if you're flipping them and making money or whatever, you beat me. You know, it's, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. But the core, uh, especially of the Konami ones, are so dishonest, are so money-grubbing, are so intellectual property theft of their own people, of their own employees, you know? Um, it's just, that it's disgusting. So then we have the follow-up. So I'll tell the original story and then the update. Um, so Stalker 2, uh, the developer uh, GSC Game World, which is in Ukraine, I believe. Um, they've announced the creation of Stalker Metaverse. I would have sued the shit out of Facebook if I had that name already trademarked. <laughs> uh, where players can inhabit the upcoming shooter as an in-game game quote, metahuman NFT in the form of an NPC. That's actually interesting, right? So, like, it's a real thing that really occurs, and it really appears in some people's games. Um, and it's a real game item. We we know for sure the game is coming out. Like, it's basically done at this point. Uh, yeah, it's coming out in February, right? I believe um, so, and I think it's part of, like, the Game Pass lineup, too, right. for when it comes out. Yeah, my, uh, Microsoft, I think, acquired them, or has a major publishing deal on this one. So... um." Beginning this month, uh, you can register for in-game drops that will evolve into a new gaming feature built into and on top of Stalker 2. The first drop takes place in an auction that was scheduled in January 2022. According to a press release, whoever gets the first drop will become, quote, the first ever Metahuman released and exposed to hundreds of millions of gamers worldwide. So that's really interesting. So it's like, you get this, and then you are known as the guy that has it, right? So, like, when people see your NPC, they can look into it or whatever. I don't know. I don't... You know, maybe they have, like, a file on you or something. And it says, you know, this is Filter cord's guy who has, like, testicular cancer or whatever, you know. <laughs> so that can be really interesting. And, it, you know, we know for sure the game is happening. How many total, quote-unquote, humans are there going to be? Uh, who knows? You know, 10. It says 10 or even 100... Uh, Oh, never mind. I was talking about the number of people that might experience the game. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, right? Um, in-game, the metahuman will appear as an NPC. The face of the real owner will be recreated in-game. Oh, that's not good. We don't need any more Mr. Beans in the world than there already are. Um, resulting in the <laughs> highest possible level of realism. So yeah, it's literally just you, right? That's what makes it unique is that it's based on a unique human. So. Or they just upload a picture of Mr. Bean. Or they in my case, they could just upload a picture of mr. Bean right, so um, you know it's a, we're all it, it we share a lot of genetics is all I'm saying <laughs> so um, they said that hey, we want to use uh, they're using ethereum currency because it's more sustainable and eco friendly yeah, I bet uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that being one of the problems uh, like, yeah the environmental impacts of environmental impacts of Transactions, not mining Transactions Is more than country Greenhouse gas emissions Right I mean, it's more than like Brazil Which is not a particularly eco-friendly country I mean It is crazy The amount of that. damage that this does to the environment Which, you know, I guess you know, Fuck the environment or whatever But it's just wild that like I could hand somebody All of this on my credit card and the transaction would be not only a, a billion times faster, but significantly safer for me. Right. And safer for the environment. I mean, blockchain doesn't inherently have to have cryptocurrency involved. Like, it's just you the can main... set up a separate blockchain. It's just that these companies don't want to have to use their own blockchain. So they're just right. piggybacking off the Ethereum one. It's not that hard to make. This episode's gonna be really peaky because I'm just fucking losing my mind over here. My poor audio is not gonna know what to do. <laughs> <sighs> so, um, this is where they kind of talked about, you know, the Ubisoft Quartz NFT platform. So, yeah, it's it's it's. So that was all. Actually, they they actually really had an interesting possible concept here, right? so here's the update to the story on uh december 16th so we're pretty behind on this one but you know we were talking about nft so we wanted to bundle it in gsc game world has put out a new statement uh in this announcement they said dear stalkers we hear you based on the feedback we've received we decided to cancel anything nft related (laughs) (laughs) so they got my email i'm glad to say um it's too bad they didn't call me out by name but it was me for sure it didn't have anything to do with anybody else um we hear you based on the feedback we've made a decision to cancel anything nft related in stalker two the interest of our fans and players are the top priority for our team we're making this game for you to enjoy whatever the cost is if you care we care too so that's awesome uh they had a second one um uh where they kind of talk about look this is like a money generating thing for us why do we choose nft it's a new technology it seems cool um we want to put people into the game without interfa- uh, interfering with other players' experiences so these tokens are optional. I mean, they literally said it's like it's a way to develop money. It's a way to get a bunch of money, right? Right. So, it is interesting where they, I mean, at the end they kind of say, we're not asking for support but we hope you hear and understand our reason. So they're kind of saying, look game development's too expensive now and... Especially we, for the price point that is Especially for AAA and, and this type of price point, yeah. And They're sort of saying, you know, we don't want to set up a GoFundMe for this game. Right. We don't want to have an OnlyFans where you can see, like, behind the scenes uh, NSFW uh, screenshots of a weird, like, cow that's been mutated or whatever. You know what I mean? But, like, game companies might want to start looking into doing that, honestly. And I think, I I mean, dude, if, if we looked at, if BioWare saw the acquisition deal from EA... And they said, back in the day, they said, you know what? I think we're going to try to do our own thing, and we're going to see if we can get fans to fund it. If I could have put $10 a month to Bioware, and Mm -hmm. I get their games for free, and I get the DLC for free when it comes out, and I just support them every month, month to month, I would have done that. I would have done it for sure. You know? And I think there could be something to be said there. And I I know games don't want to do it, Game companies don't want to do it because it is, especially with AAA games, it's like four or five years in between every game release. You know, right? It is. um, It's an inherently non-transparent business. They don't want you to see the game when it looks like shit because then it looks like shit and you don't want to play it. Right? Right, Makes sense. Exactly. So. You know, it is something that game companies have been very worried about. And who was the most successful one to do this kind of process? Double Fine. They had all the the behind-the-scenes shit that you could pay extra for, and you would get a DVD copy of these guys filming their financial meetings and filming hiring meetings and, like, just the most banal day-to-day shit. Like, if I mean, if you guys could see what, you know, me or Brian does on a day-to-day basis at our job, that on the face, it sounds very interesting. You know, either... You know, nuclear engineering, nuclear science, and shit, or rocket science, literally, like GPS coordination of interstellar objects and shit. It's like, in reality, I'm fucking with an Excel spreadsheet for 400 years. It's not interesting. Yeah. The thing, uh, the thing around it is interesting, but (laughs) I'm essentially just doing Excel spreads myself as well. How can I make this thing do its own math better? Is basically what both of our jobs are. Now, so an argument like, could
1: be made that the instead of Double Fine, I think the most successful implementer of this has been Star Citizen.
0: Oh, I mean, unbelievably better because <laughs> they don't even have to actually make anything. <laughs> like, I, I guess there is a functioning game version of the game, but it's nowhere near what was promised, right? Yeah, it like, hundreds of be millions made, of dollars.
1: Could an argument be made that Star Citizen is. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, They were the original video game NFT market. Well, I've seen... Okay, this is kind of starting to splinter off in a different direction, just I think because of your two hosts today. But <laughs> I saw something. I didn't do any kind of confirmation into this. And in fact, I didn't even click the article because I couldn't stomach looking at it. But I saw an article that said that real estate developers, like large real estate companies, have already spent millions of dollars buying virtual real estate in Facebook metaverse yep I remember seeing that I will kill myself if that's true and I'll do it on stream I mean it's just like (laughs) and then you'll get banned for doing it that's fine I don't need it after (laughs) that's sort of a one and done video (laughs) I think (laughs) it's just I can't believe that you know it's digital right they can make an infinite amount of real estate so it's Any individual piece is worthless because they can just make more at any time. So the only reason that the metaverse Facebook would want a piece of land to have value is strictly for resale value. I mean, it's kind of almost like land on Earth except land on Earth is limited. We just haven't really even approached the limit as a human species yet. We could fit all humans in Australia. You know, It wouldn't be comfortable but we could do it. Crikey. Think about all the people they fit on the Indian subcontinent. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it, think about all the people they fit in every city in China. I mean, you know, we're not even approaching using too much land or whatever. In Even in the U.S. We have 300 million people in 100 quadrillion square miles or whatever. I mean, we could fit all people in America in the Grand Canyon, no problem. So, you know, it, it's the difference is what if we just had another Earth right next to us that was the same size, you know? Like, and then when that one started getting full, what if we just had another one? They can just do this infinitely. So it, it really is wild. Like the NFTs. When you go and buy an NFT, that's one out of one thousand. That has some. It has some rarity. It has some value based on scarcity and everything. Right. The company can just make a thousand more. So now right. your value is half as valuable. It's and an they artificial can just make scarcity. 1, more. So you have to hope that when they say we're making one thousand, they better be right. They better be honest, and their financial situation better not change. Because if so, you, individually, the buyer, are fucked. Not them. They're going to make more money.
1: And also kind of... You also want
0: to hope that that company continues to exist for, well, the rest of the time, too. Right. And you are the one setting the value. So these real estate companies that are... uh, Hopefully, they're buying land for a dollar per megapixel or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Hopefully, they're getting a good deal. But they're... It's, part of the reason they're doing this is that they are setting the value. It By default, the land is valueless, right? And you think of, you know... Uh, it's ancient, almost like uh, it reminds me of something.
1: the companies that would sell people stars.
0: Mm. A lot of those companies have gone out of business because, yeah. well, not only are there a limited number of stars, but also like, I, I guess there's a limited number, theoretically, maybe not. But, like... Multiple names could be assigned to the same star because who's going to check? Yeah, and it's all not of these like companies a, were overlapping it, on the same stars. Yeah, so it not was their only could they individual registries, it wasn't right. like a national database of registry of like so this person owns this star. They not only could and they did duplicate within their own table. So some companies, so one individual company would name the same star like 400 names. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to check. Nobody cares. Right. It's not official. But then also other companies were multiple namings the same stars. <laughs> and this isn't, theoretically, there are an infinite number of stars. How many can we see from Earth? A lot. <laughs> right? <laughs> Significantly more than there are humans. Especially if you're out so, in like a low light area, like out, well, what's that new, uh, like out in the west, like Wyoming or something. What's that new telescope we just threw up there?
1: Uh, it's named oh, after somebody. Not Hubble. Then one second. I, re- I know what you're talking
0: about. New Space Telescope. Yeah. Spelled that wrong. James Webb. That's it. We threw James up there, and he's seeing shit fine, and he's seeing shit much better than we could before. It, right. That stuff is awesome about the James Webb Telescope. It looks. It, I like that it's like a honeycomb. Yeah. I never really looked at it before. And it only cost $10 billion. Well, so, this thing, if great, great I remember
1: right... This thing is supposed to maintain geosynchronous orbit at a greater distance than what the moon orbits us. Nice. And so it's able to get such a much better, clearer picture of the nights of the universe than what the Hubble has because mm-hmm. it's just so much
0: further away from us. And also, really interestingly, to... it has, like, a big sun shield that's, like, a big yeah. fin. It kind of looks like a Star Destroyer almost, which I, I'm a little oh, worried yeah. about, to be honest. Well, it... <laughs> you ever watch um, Sunshine?
1: With, uh, uh, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Great one. That is such a good movie. Great it kind of reminds me of that. The sunshield that they used for their spaceship. Check out Sunshine, folks. Such a great movie. It's underrated, it, for real. Yeah, and the way that they play with, like, gravity and
0: physics towards the end of the movie is awesome. Yeah. And also just, like, the mental stress of, like, under... Like, think about being like the first person to realize that the earth is revolving around the sun and not the sun revolving around the earth and then maximize that like a hundred trillion times yeah it's it's pretty uh, devastating so similar to having uh, noticed what the sun is doing for the first time we have a new desk gamer desk coming out now i I was roasting all you nerds in the chat for liking this i think it's a stupid idea well i liked it initially and then it's, it's just when you the think sadly about it when the you first thing that came to mind is like there's going to be so many fingerprints on this thing oh dude imagine the cum stains on this bad boy <laughs> <laughs> folks <laughs> this is why my webcam's covered so uh so yeah the idea uh basically it's a pc and an oled screen and a desk and it's one big fella right yeah. So it's an all-in-one PC desk modular. I like that. Um, so let's let's. Uh, this one doesn't have that trailer in it, but no, the way they break it down in the article kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. Essentially, they were talking about how on the other side you'll have these modular components that are for specific things. Where one is for your keyboard, one is for like your stream deck, one is right. um, a for coffee warm, coffee warm, a phone chart, a,
0: a, a QI. What's it called? QI. Phone charger, so. is, wouldn't that be pronounced chi? Technically, I don't like that. Um, so, sure. um, chi or key? I mean, if key, it's Italian, yeah, I don't know. No. Ch is pronounced in the like key. k. So, it comes with a PC that is modular, right? An OLED probably TV okay. bolted to the front. So it's what a forty, probably a forty-two inch TV or something. Yeah, it's about the size I, of the desk I mean it's big it's it's the size of the desk well essentially it's just like if you were able to make a fan flip phone into a desk in, but yes it's, in a, like it's the those old Samsung flip, phone. flip phones yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah so they talk about like okay so the uh, modules snap in under the desk using a custom designed PCB in the middle you'll find a familiar fan layout as a laptop right so it's got it's got a fan structure in the middle to dissipate heat Uh, 12th gen Intel processor NVIDIA NVIDIA, not (laughs) NINVIDIA that's that's the new merger with Nintendo RTX 30 series (laughs) GPU they're not being specific yet Um, a few different modules including a mug warmer, an audio equalizer a pen tablet, that's cool so you could have your drawing tablet built right into your desk touch controls for virtually anything you could want in a matter of seconds OLED screen on the front has some modular Magic too. there are mounting rails around the side by default they hold speakers for a TV you can snap those off and have a webcam second monitor video lights uh, the speakers themselves have mounting space um, it's called Project Sophia so if you want to I, I would recommend looking it up honestly because it's it's hard to explain so you're gonna want to look up on uh, you know YouTube or whatever Project Sophia um, it's a great idea that could catch on, but it's far from the first all-in-one battle station. Every CES has had at least one monstrous machine with three monitors dangling over a recliner. Um, The problem is that they're typically very expensive. Tens of thousands, right? Um, Right. A massive OLED TV and a high-end gaming PC alone would be like $7,000 plus the modules, plus the price hike of being the first of its kind. So we don't know. Um, We'll have to see what the cost is, right? Yeah, and much like this the is concept conceptual. car,
1: this is just going to be something that, like, this is cool
0: for CES. Right. We'll so I know some people who, do you remember the old, like, uh, Microsoft Smart Kitchen concept? No. So it was, like, um, everything would be, like, synced with, like, Microsoft mm-hmm. operating system, basically. And, like, you could do a bunch of weird shit, and, like, you could tell your coffee maker to get rid I mean, it's, like, it, this was before Alexa's hit and things like that. So they've been continuing... They have this, like, a couple demo smart kitchens in, like, Seattle and stuff that they work on. And I have a buddy who worked in that department, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I never specifically talked to him about that. It was kind of like, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend. But, um, you know, he would post stuff on Facebook every once in a while about it. And it's like, okay, this would be awesome. But this would take such a massive, coordinated, like state-level expenditure to make this realistic for anyone. Right. That it's not going to happen. I mean, it's like, you know, what was the, uh... What was the name of the, like, kitchen concept? It's like a town in Germany. Uh, or Austria, maybe. There was, like, Mm. the blank kitchen. The... The... Berlin... Kitchen. Let's see if it knows what I'm talking about. Uh... No, that's a love story by Louisa Weiss. <laughs> um, yeah, this is all you. I'm losing my mind. It's like a type of kitchen. Um, the 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 the. Let me look at a map of Germany here. This is great. Okay. So, <laughs> look, basically, look at a map of is Germany. it the Frankfurt it... the Frankfurt kitchen? I think. Is that it? kitchen? No, that's the Frankfurt School of Economics. Fuck.
1: <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Okay, I'm right. The Frankfurt kitchen is basically, um, okay, that's why I was thinking Austrian. It was, it was made by an Austrian woman. So, a unified concept kitchen. Folks, Google Frankfurt kitchen. This is the Google, watch it on YouTube episode. So, basically, it's the idea that the stove is built in to your counters. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. The fridge winds up with the counters around it. Your table surface Or you know The the surface might be A chopping block Or whatever Like This is the first person To have the concept Of like What if you had a kitchen Yeah (laughs) Right It wasn't just a room That had your stove And a sink in it Right It was The kitchen So um, It's that kind of concept That like The Frankfurt kitchen Got adopted in apartment complexes Because it was easy All of your hookups Went to one spot They were all right next to each other And you could hide it with the cabinetry and everything, so there wasn't just a gas line sticking out in the middle of a room, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And you could put them all near each other, so your gas and electric and water hookups are directly across the wall from your neighbors, right? So, like, all kitchens in Europe are based on this concept, basically. Um, anything after the 1920s, and most American houses are based on this concept. Very few have avoided this kind of idea, right? It was the, it was a design revolution that. Required World War II to occur to oh, become widespread God. because all apartment blocks had to be destroyed to make room for the new concept, right? Right. Like, it's just, why would I buy a desk? Also, this doesn't really function as a desk, right? You can no longer do your bills paper on this desk because you're going to be covering up your coffee warmer slot. And what if it turns on? It's going to burn your paperwork and shit. You know what I mean? Like, does anybody do paper bills anymore? Probably not. I don't. So, uh, like, on my desk right now, if I look around, I have, like, a little TV cleaning, you know, a monitor cleaning cloth. I have three L-shaped, you know, the little, like, wrenches that come with furniture to put together so I can adjust them. Allen wrenches? Yeah, Allen wrenches, exactly. I have a dry erase marker and an eraser for my dry erase board. My speakers are laying on the desktop. I have a little notepad so I can take physical notes if I need to. I have a cup, like a I have a Gatorade bottle that I fill with water. Like, I have a big ass mouse pad. You can't put this shit on that desk. You're gonna completely be covering up your touchscreen media player. You know, and it's like, I just don't. But I guess it, argument it doesn't it can serve be made. the function as a desk. It is a giant expanded keyboard. It's not a yeah. desk. I guess you know, the argument can be made that's why they have the
1: modular setup that you can change the stuff around. But I guess the question still remains of like,
0: what kind of glass are they using for the desk portion right. of this? Can, like, it, you know, can it handle me going? setting my coffee cup on it or my glasses yeah. or a, a pen scratching over, scratching through a note that I'm taking aggressively or something? Can it handle a, a hard edge of my mouse touching it? Oh, I forgot my uh, microphone. I have like a little you know expandable arm that holds my microphone that i'm speaking into right like, but i think that on clamps this one, they onto have the desk the, that probably they has an the attachment. arm on there yeah. but yeah it's like you know
1: it, it, I, I have a feeling that razor probably is taking this stuff into consideration and this is the ces um floor right. model. they're still not right. fully releasing it and, and I, I do also
0: see a lip around the corner in this one screenshot that just looks like matte so that's right. probably just tabletop desk surface right so right. it's not like everything is like smart glass it's not like a it's not a massive samsung touchscreen phone or something but need to see more it's an interesting idea i won't i won't take away from that for sure it's interesting i would uh, depending on my situation and everything i would consider it in the future you know i think an argument
1: could be made that this is probably the direction that you're going to see desk eventually go to
0: and it's just razor
1: standing oh yeah. on the
0: ground floor also, I would expect to see Razer get larger over time, not smaller. Right. So as they have right. a bigger footprint in the industry, they'll be able to get away with bigger weird shit like this because they're dude. The competition's not trying to beat them. Right. Speaking of weird Razer shit, you ever check out the um, the N95 mask that they developed? I did see I that, that thing. LEDs. I had a friend get that.
1: Uh, now, did? if you
0: have that, you are a menace to society, and you need to be stopped at any cost. But and, uh, uh, well, it's, it is pretty cool. I do want it, and I would 100% wear that I public. am definitely, I would be probably killed on site if I was seen wearing that in public in this area. <laughs> be uh, accused well, for If You're from which Florida. Part. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, half of our yeah. American listeners will understand, and our, like, three German listeners will be like, "What? Are, why are people concerned about what mask you're wearing? Dude, it's and what a blessing! I mean, I'm in Florida. It's difficult out. trying to get people just to wear regular N95 masks. Let alone right N95 now masks is the nice time, time of. Uh, it's a nice time of year now because it kind of keeps your snout warm. We've been having like snow up here and stuff. You know, oh yeah, I got a, I got I lose a lot of temperature through my nose. Let me just say that. Well, I guess I got a shark fin.
1: <laughs> a quick know? PSA
0: that we could say is
1: that with the Omicron variant, uh, listeners definitely look into getting. N95 or KN95 or something yeah, like I that. Actually they are not, saying uh, the cloth masks are nowhere near as
0: effective because...
1: Well, they were never... They I mean, that's like...
0: Yeah. The, the cloth mask thing is just like... That's a bare minimum thing that you can just do. To just right. not be directly coughing and sneezing onto people and objects. Yeah. And the fact that that alone cut, like, regular flu transmission by, like, 90%. Yeah.
1: Is, well, I mean... This when, blows my mind. When, if this eventually ends it won't uh, yeah <laughs> um i still will consider like wearing masks when i'm like flying at the airport or something like that just oh anytime
0: I, like yeah. I, I mean you know we have to go to work sick all the time and shit like i'm gonna be wearing masks if i feel sniffly right i mean and also i'm not gonna have well i will have snot all over myself but you won't be able to see yeah so it, perfect it's ideal for that But if you want to look like a moron and go out in public this covers part of your <laughs> face you know I mean seriously, I, I think that's I, that's a winning move more than uh, you know some idiot telling you you have to do it for your health or whatever. Right. So make you look less dumb. Okay. <laughs> if you sold.
1: wanted to look like the um, the hunters in Avatar with their like yeah re um re-bre- rebreather stuff or anything, but mm-hmm. just as a quick thing, like I picked up um like a fifty pack of uh, Honeywell N95s for like 38 Honeywell. bucks or something like that. Great company. Yeah. Make some good um, shit. But I guess it can come back full circle that another thing that Razer did announce was a pro version of that mask where they'll have like audio amplification
0: and stuff. <laughs> These guys know how to make money, dude. Is all I'm saying. I like I, some kind of version of this desk is going to come out and it will be relatively successful. Oh yeah, like well, I'm sitting here using. They how, always make money. Uh, I'm using the Razer keyboard and mouse at the current moment. So I have, what is my mouse? Yeah, my mouse is a Razer yeah so I mean they will make money on this mark my words and so yeah we kind of teased it Um, we're going to have some yeah we're kind of we're trying to mix the good and the bad in here so um, we did see again we were talking about how a lot of companies use this time we we mentioned it in the Amazon one where companies will use this time to kind of say hey you know we're still working on this thing it's going well we'll get you more updates soon so one of the people that took advantage of that opportunity to do that was Bioware um So BioWare is talking about how they are looking at doing a hybrid remote office business model going forward, which I I actually I think a lot of companies are doing, and they just haven't made the official announcement that, hey, this is permanent, right, because they don't want to freak out their middle management or whatever. Right. Well, um, my company
1: is one of those companies that has awesome. gone uh with the hybrid model and actually just recently as of this last week we might um I elected to have my team go back to full remote just because of the surge and everyone's yeah. concerned and stuff. So for the next until this kind of blows over here we'll
0: we're back to full remote and stuff. So uh, Yeah, so this is all from um this basically a big company-wide memo that went out from and, you know worldwide memo that went out from Bioware's uh, general manager, um, uh, Gary McKay. Uh, This went out on January 6th. It's been over a year since I took over as general manager at the start of the new year. I wanted to take an opportunity to look back and blah, blah, blah. So basically um, they're going to be using quote unquote new tech. Um, Our goal is to lean into things that everyone likes about working from home and also give people the opportunity to return to the office with more flexibility. Going forward, we'll have new challenges with the hybrid approach to work, a hybrid approach to work, and are focused on new tech that will help maximize collaboration and communication between on-site and remote. Another subtle but important change we've made is our hiring practice. Previously, we were only looking for people willing to relocate to Austin or Edmonton, and now we're looking for new talent anywhere in North America, and we'll meet them where they live. So I'm kind of, I see that as a negative, because I would take BioWare as an escape hatch to go live in Canada, for sure.
1: <laughs> see, um, personally, for me, after... Um, With my previous job that I had, where I spent essentially four years desperately trying to find a new job, one of the biggest hurdles was the fact of location. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of companies are very hesitant on wanting to hire new hires that are not already within the area because they don't want to deal with things like relocation costs and stuff like that. Well, those. I mean,
0: if if the company pays for relocation, that's like $6,000. Yeah. Six. 000. I mean, it's a lot. I need two to... thousand. Well, what I mean, <laughs> the real cost. I mean, you you ended up paying a lot out of pocket, probably.
1: No, the, well, for me, not really, because I mean, Grant, this is a very personal approach. Like at the time, like I was able to pack up everything I owned in my car and be able to make the dr- yeah. drive from yeah. Ohio to Florida. I had nothing. Right. So they just had to pay for your gas, basically. <laughs> essentially. Like, oh, well, essentially, like that 3,000 relocation bonus went to... First uh, month, uh, utilities, yeah. And rent, which right. went spread out a little bit more because I just moved into my brother's spare bedroom in his apartment. God-tier. You bamboozled them, basically.
0: Exactly. So... <laughs> I'll edit that out. So... <laughs> I definitely won't. But uh, another thing they did, um, they... Uh, they did call out and mention that hey, we're you know we're still working on the new Mass Effect, which we're not ready to share more details on. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming out on Game Pass. It's actually then, already out. Oh, I yeah, was, it is uh, already.
1: Yeah, I I was wrong about that message that I sent to you guys in their group yeah. chat. That um is now available on Game
0: Pass. Okay. and so. that they actually went on to say that that was a huge success for them, right? Yes. Um, and then also they reiterated. And, you know, we're still working on Dragon Age 4. We want to reiterate, it is a single-player focused experience. It is a deep RPG, story-based, everything like that. So, they basically just took the opportunity to just kind of double down and say, look, everything we said before is still true. You know, we're... I mean, obviously, we talk about this all the time. Bioware's been through so much. They've lost so so much talent. And that talent has gone on to make really good stuff. So, you know, it wasn't... It's not like they lost their, you know, their worst designer and he went and he sucks anyways you know it's like they're losing good people and as they said they've they've had gms turning over and that's not good you know every time you get a new high level manager they just have to go dip their fingers in everything in the whole company and you can always see a bunch of changes every time so right um i'm sure it's been tough over there i still have some i wouldn't say i have faith but i have you know i know it's possible i know that you it's you possible for them to have a comeback
1: that they yeah. have learned from these mistakes and um struggles okay. that they've been dealing with
0: the last probably decade is, at this point it is possible it's doable and they could do it there's no yeah. reason to believe that they wouldn't be able to do it so we just have to wait and see you know so really looking forward to anthem 2 Anthem Two is going to be great it, again. Anthem <laughs> had good bones. You know that was the thing. Yeah. I really did not like uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I took three days off work. <laughs> Why well, I got that my uh, when I was a contractor, we got our uh, birthday off as one of yeah. our days of the year. So like I got my birthday off and I took two additional days to play Anthem or uh, to play Anthem. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my god! If you took Anthem Andromeda. The-
1: Anthem and
0: it had good bones. You yeah. know they've they've made such strides in graphics and gameplay mechanics and stuff. And I mean, you know, Bioware it, is now seen as a really good, uh, high fidelity graphics and gameplay studio. They've right, lost yeah. what used to be their specialty, which was the, the story. story. Yeah, and story I, they, and content. You can come back from that.
1: Yeah, you know, you just have. Yeah, you just have to overcome that, and but. Like the gameplay mechanics of Anthem were fun. I loved flying around in essentially what was an Iron Man simul- simulator. It played. Right. You were. It was a better Iron Man game than most Iron Man licensed games that have ever come out. Yeah. Granted, I've not played the PlayStation VR
0: Iron Man game, so I have no idea how that goes. And I won't. <laughs> so yeah, it is. It's. You know. We'll see we'll see for sure. But uh anything's possible. They could do it. I'm excited. I will always give BioWare the the benefit of the doubt. Um they they've earned that from me, you know, over the mm-hmm. the games. I mean, some of my favorite games. Yeah. Many now just of to give the you games a... in my top 10 or BioWare games. Now just to give
1: you a heads up if you download the um Granted, I this is just all new to me for um, getting back into PC gaming, but mm. I started to download uh, the Legendary Trilogy collection. I forget what the name is called. Yeah. Um, and I guess you have to download like some EA launcher too? Yeah, the EA though...
0: like well, it used to be called Origin, but they've relabeled to just the EA Games launcher. And that yeah, sucks and it's like ass. a beta launcher too. I think. Yep, that's the EA one is in beta. The Origin one is in full release, but it is, also sucks okay gotcha or am i thinking of no because ubisoft also recently did that where they had you play and then they re-engineered it into ubisoft games or something i don't well, know I all think these companies are doing still the exists
1: because that was like the reward system for like it was like you yeah, play is now a, a segment of yeah. Uh, yeah yeah
0: because you would do certain things in the game and then you could get rewards that were tied to that game for which is cool yeah, you know they had their own separate achievement system, basically that would give you actual in-game items rewards. That's right. I love that. It's great. Idea. And I
1: think it was through that that they were able to do the cross-save system with okay. their games that they started. Yeah, I, to never, do.
0: I never really attempted that, so I wouldn't know. Yeah,
1: um, I think Immortals: Phoenix Rising, Assassin's Creed: Valhalla, and maybe on Od- it. No, not Odyssey. Um, it is only very recently that they started doing a cross-save system okay. through their Uplay account. Um, that is for interesting, Ubisoft
0: though. Titles. for sure. But all right, so yeah, that's that was our latest uh, news. We actually stretched this a lot longer than I thought, just being able to dunk on NFTs for so long. Um, <laughs> and also going into uh, Project Sophia. Yeah, yeah. Which again, like I mean, with all this stuff, all this stuff in here, you know, I'm just I'm some idiot who cares what my opinion is, but stuff isn't kind of interesting right there is actual real interesting technological and you know art based and design based shit behind it yeah um it's just i don't know all this stuff is so ripe for i mean think about how confused i was working retail when we switched to the chip in the credit card yeah and it literally cost like massive like traffic jam level pileups of like people trying to figure out how to use their card you know what? yeah,
1: I do vaguely remember
0: what the switch from we swiping to inserting the card in there and stuff. Yeah, and because we were 15 not years everyone behind. did it at once. And so yeah, it, we, we were 15 years behind Europe doing that. So when me and Shannon went to Ireland, um, we went to the store and we used our credit card. The teenage, you know, young adult employees there mm-hmm. had never seen a card that didn't have a chip. They, didn't, they thought we were huh. using a fake card. When we went that's, in like, let's see, that would have been 2013 maybe, 2014. They had never seen a card that didn't have a chip. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to make it work. So we ended up just swiping a couple times and it eventually worked. So it's like, you know, we were late to do that transition. And it, I mean, it, I, I still see people today that don't understand how the chip card works. Well, I mean, I guess just, the same I, could I be same for in a way um, too, like Apple,
1: Apple Pay and Google Pay oh um, yeah I refuse to even consider that yeah well I honestly <laughs> I'm a I boomer about Apple that pay for sure everywhere. Um, but it always throws me off because I think Lowe's is one of the few stores I'll go to and they don't have like the mobile pay option on there so I'll sit there <laughs> and I'll tap my phone on the nothing happens <laughs> and, yeah it's just like a
0: freaking moron there no that's and, evil I don't believe in that <laughs> I'm, but, I have boomer mentality on that <laughs> it, it's so convenient especially <laughs> like that's how everybody pays for everything in asia apparently yeah it's all mobile pay and shit so you know always interesting new stuff going on somebody always hates it somebody always loves it um but yeah so that's that's what we got for this week um we are still trying to fix an audio bug that we saw from our our uh 2021 wrap up so keep an eye out for that hitting the pod blaster again
1: yeah something weird happened
0: with my audio file and um yeah I don't know a a room of all tech guys and we can't figure out what happened to it (laughs) (laughs) I'll blame I'll just go ahead and blame it on I was in a different location different setup and we'll just go with that it's rural Ohio's fault (laughs) and so yeah today uh, you've been listening to me Austin and Brian hey and we'll see you next time